right, welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the... Oh, no. <laughs> I forgot John it. John Cornell. No, it's not John Cornell. <laughs> it's Walter. It's, it's I, I forgot it from, from the time I walked to the computer to the time I walked over here. Walter. The Walter Riley to my Crocodile Dundee. It's Kevin Garver. Kevin, how you doing? <laughs> Off balance. <laughs> yeah, I just totally threw everything into, into, um, into, I don't even, oh my gosh. All right. Anyway, so. <laughs> Anywho. The, uh, Eric is going to be joining us later, but right now we're having our, uh, an, uh we're doing an, a practice in-person podcast, seeing how it goes. And, uh. Yeah, since we're doing draft talk, we should have made the joke that Eric was here and one of us pretend to be him for the intro and then not talk until we get to the end. Yeah, that would have been funny. But, <laughs> but Eric, Eric is, uh, Eric is going to come later for the, the movie club. He's going to be movie club exclusive this week. Yeah, he's a exclu- he's a <laughs> So, all right. Um, let's go ahead and, and jump in here, though. We're, this week is, is kind of a slow news week for the NFL, except for one big thing. Um, there was some Russell Wilson commanders talk this week the commanders apparently made a significant offer for russell wilson that included multiple first round picks so i'll just ask you kevin if if the offer was just like two first round picks plus montez sweat is that really a serious offer um it is a serious offer. I just don't think it's one that is worth considering. Yeah, I don't think anyone would trade like a blue chip quarterback for a package that doesn't include at least a, either a passable quarterback coming back or so much so much draft return that it may, it like sets your franchise up for life. Yeah, I think that's the big thing that we've talked about already is the reason why a Russell Wilson trade makes so little sense beyond things that the franchise and things that Russell Wilson have said is the team would have to give up more than Russell Wilson is worth in order to make it worth trading Russell Wilson. Right. It's like, too hard to replace a quarterback. If we're not getting back, like that's the the only team that ever any of the talks ever interest me is the, the Derek Carr ones because Derek Carr is actually like sort of a good quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Or the Giants one where you're getting multiple top 10 picks in this draft, which means you have the flexibility right. to trade back or something, have a little bit of a reset year this year. But then you're talking about a full rebuild with a 70 year old coach, which is why, again, it doesn't make sense. No, it's not going to happen. The the uh, the Seahawks are not going to do a, a, f- a full teardown. Not while they have they have the quarterback already, which is the hard part, right? Yep. A lot of these franchises are able to put together everything else, but not the quarterback. We have the Looking quarterback. At you Vikings, <laughs> Vikings. Uh, what are some other teams? Browns. Are Browns, Panthers. Like, there's all these teams that have put together these really pretty good rosters, but they Denver, don't have all the teams that they're talking about getting quarterbacks right now. Yeah. Those teams. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they don't have the quarterback, but they have every Dolphins. People think the Dolphins are a quarterback away. So yeah, it's um. It's not going to happen. It's just not happening. I don't understand why this keeps coming up. But, I mean, there was also a a commanders are trying to trade for Patrick Mahomes story. So maybe it doesn't have anything to do with Russell Wilson at some point. It's just a news cycle, right? It's it's an easy article for a national news member to write and get clicks. And in this part of the year, that's what you want to be doing. You want to be generating some clicks because it is tough out there to generate clicks. All right. Um, that people just aren't in NFL mode right now. They're watching the NBA. They're watching the NHL. They're just they'd be in, watching MLB if MLB didn't botch it. Yeah, <laughs> they they're just doing other stuff. So yeah, and I mean Russell Wilson said everything. But, I mean, how many different ways does he have to say he doesn't want to be traded? He said, "I um, like the article that came out that said that clearly there must be something to trading him because he keeps talking about how much he's not getting traded." He said, I'm from, Russ said, I'm from Richmond. I know what you mean. I got people hitting me up every day, all my friends and all that from the East Coast. But Seattle is the place I'm at right now, and I love it. Um, Sounds like he doesn't like it here. It's, 
Yeah, and Pete Carroll, we're not shopping the quarterback. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit. So one thing I want to say before we get any further, this morning I woke up and I was like, all right, I got to do this. Um, Alistair Corp made that great spreadsheet, the original one. Um, I got to go up. I got to wake up early. I got to start punching combine results into that spreadsheet. It's going to take me like an hour, but I'll, I'll get it done. We'll, we'll figure out who the Seahawks pros, prospects are. And I go on Reddit before I start. And man, someone had already done it. Um, so follow this guy on Twitter at crew analytics um uh, his reddit name i forget now what his reddit name was but on twitter it says on the spreadsheet his twitter is at c-r-e-w-e analytics um he deserves a follow just for (laughs) just for making my my day easier um because man it it does take time to punch all that stuff into the spreadsheet and you sure does kevin i can tell oh it's you t fit 13 man this is this is this is the hero give him give him your upvotes uh ut fit 13 thank you for for helping us out the other thing to know is um that as we have this discussion the defensive back numbers are going to be coming in live so if there's any chris olave-esque uh 0.13 second adjustments that's not on us yeah the the other thing um okay is uh there's no quarterbacks on the spreadsheet obviously the seahawks are willing to reach outside the box for quarterbacks they drafted russell wilson a guy who was off a lot of boards because of his height um I watched all the quarterbacks now. Obviously, the Seahawks are probably not drafting a quarterback. They're pretty. They seem at least not high. Really committed to Russell Wilson, um, but I just wanted to give my general thoughts about these quarterbacks because I wanted to just be uh, on recording, like I was, like I like being. Because if I make good calls, then I can just be like, "Hey, check this out." There's a recording of me saying this. Um, and if so, you don't, no one will remember. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've gotten pretty buried for my Josh Allen takes. But here's the thing: when you make mistakes, you try to learn from them, and so. My goal is always to uh, to keep growing, and I think I figured out kind of what uh, what I did wrong there. And so let's let's start with this, okay? So the the number one quarterback in this draft at this point, okay, for for me, is uh, is Malik Willis. Malik Willis is out of Liberty. He runs fast. He has a, a cannon for an arm. He takes a lot of <laughs> unnecessary risks, and it and he pays for it. But the, the Liberty offense is basically just Malik do something. Uh, we're gonna move the pocket a little bit. Malik do something. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put these guys out on on routes and Malik please do something. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> definitely um, well, sand what? sandlot ball. Like here's the thing, <laughs> their coach can put together a good. Oh no, play. they're they're doing stuff, but they know that their play, best player is Malik Willis, so they should run everything through Malik yes, Willis. I was about to say their entire offense is predicated on the fact that in any given day, in any given game, Malik Willis is probably the most talented football player on the field. So, in total between both teams so just have him go be better and and like is is a is a is a dump off for three yards really better than Malik Willis trying to to squeeze it in 25 yards on the field their coach obviously decided no because they don't have like a lot of options for him underneath and stuff their offense looks like it's it's a it's a high low it's a high low read but the low read is running it's so not <laughs> I also think oftentimes he misses his low read yeah. I think that's one of the he, like, just, he he needs a lot of help in reads he needs a lot of help so, in ball placement. Something I something I learned from from Josh Allen, though, like I said, if you try to learn something, and I think that Malik Willis is is a pretty similar uh, similar tape study where he has some processing stuff that you would say is questionable. But if you put like Josh Allen, if you put him in a situation where you can play to his strengths, the sky is the limit is the one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The upside. 
The downside is he goes to a team like Carolina, who has a bad offensive line. He starts his rookie year, gets killed the whole season. He's not going to have a good rookie season anyway. Do you know who else didn't have a good rookie season? Josh Josh Allen. He got thrown into the fire and was pretty bad. Yep. And so the the thing for Malik Willis is he needs to land in a spot where he's going to get the the right support and and really make because he has he has all the tools, the the physical abilities. Um, and he, I think he has the highest upside. And I, at this point, I think upside matters a lot more because you can create systems for quarterbacks to be successful. We see with the Shanahan system, guys are able to to find success there that maybe have, um, I don't know, like I, they have holes in their they game. They have questionable assets. Yeah, they have yeah. holes in their game. But if they're good athletes and they... Like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to bean a linebacker about once every two or three games. Well, like that's a thing. Well, speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo, if you want to draft him, he's available. From the, I think it's from the same. They went, he went to Pittsburgh also, right? Uh, no, he went to uh, Southern Illinois. Or okay, Illinois State. Okay, all right. Somewhere well, in Illinois. Kenny Pickett is is a, he has tiny hands. Uh, he's he's, he's hands. really productive. Um, he's like a fifth year growth growth guy. Um, he's really he he's experienced. He has really good production. Um, the, my thing is that he gets he can th- actually throw deep better than Jimmy G, so that's probably too much of a diss. He has a very average <laughs> arm, but he has good ball placement. Yeah, he puts the ball in good spots where his guys can actually catch it. He's not going to miss a guy wide open for a game-winning touchdown in the it's Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and then have PFF call him clutch the next season. The thing, the thing for me is that Pickett's old, so he's not going to probably get a lot better. There's not going to be a growth curve for him. And my other thing with Pickett is that he gets real. When he gets bumped off his spot, it gets real bad real fast. So I think, like, I want he'd have to be on a team that has a good offensive line already. Yep. Like, he needs to land in, like, Tampa Bay or something. Yeah, like a real a real um, Mac Jones-type landing spot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, I think that that would be good for Pickett. Uh, let's go. Well, the So, yeah, I, I agree. My comp for uh, Pickett is uh, um, if Derek Carr wasn't as good. Okay, and then we got uh, Matt Corral sucks um i'm not even gonna say anything more than that like he, they don't even like one thing i hate is like when your head coach doesn't trust you with the football in yeah exactly situations. like anytime there was like a really <laughs> they needed like a really big play they're like okay we'll run a quarterback option from the shotgun it's yeah, like it was what? it was worrying uh yeah corral should not go out in the first round if he does that team's in trouble i don't know what they're evaluating i'd rather have sam howell in the first round to be honest with you if his 21 21 tapes pretty not great but his 2020 tapes is good and he lost all of his like best skill position players you know you lose diami brown you lose uh uh, J- uh you williams lose carter you lose williams, williams. you lose all these yeah. you lose all these guys that that are his biggest weapons and i think like yeah and he, he if he lands on a team like tennessee where he can just like be behind Tannehill for the first year and then be the starter I don't know. I think that's like pretty solid. Like Tennessee picking him at the end of the first round, I'd be into that. Um, Panthers picking him at the top of the second round, that kind of thing. Yeah, he's um, got arm talent. He just again, uh, he has a lot of reading issues. And I, the big thing is, he doesn't have the top end that Malik Willis does. No, yeah, he's 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 um. I think him and Desmond Ritter are actually in a very similar spot. The, for me. the ceiling is is very very low for him. I have Ritter a little bit lower, but I agree. If you're gonna draft, if you want to draft Kenny Pickett, just take just take Desmond Ritter in like round two instead. Yep, because he's. Everything that Ke- that Pickett is exactly, but um, Younger but he just but he, and with more potential. Yeah, he has just higher and potential, arm. and his ball placement sucks. That's why I think people 
people kind of bag on him comparative to Pickett, but like I think that you know he can improve on that and yeah, I think Ritter Ritter and Pickett should be close. And then last guy I want to talk about is Carson Strong. I think Carson Strong, if you don't give a crap about injury history, is someone that that you could get a steal on. Now, yes, the injury history is very worrying, but if you just ignore it completely, then Carson Strong's sweet. Like he's he's like a he can make all the throws and like does does stuff. He, he's he's he not like mobile. negative one mobility. Yeah, but he's like not. I think he can actually like get down. Um, he's not a runner, but like you know those guys that like you're like oh he can run for six yards if he really needs to. That's Carson Strong like he he can go get it if he really needs to it's okay. not like he's unathletic yeah I'll give that I think uh I think that's the optimistic uh, the the pessimistic would be he's uh 40 something year old Tom Brady as a runner um is hey, Tom Tom got some runs off he caught a pass in the in a, in a game once in the Super Bowl so I mean <laughs> got- I'm just saying that's a very specific type of offense and not one a lot of NFL teams really run right now but i do agree that if you want a guy who could just come in and give you a baseline throwing ability i could see him as a guy who sticks in the league as a backup for a while because if you put him in the offense he can throw the football so if you put him in again like you said kind of a shanahan type offense where he's just spraying the ball around he can do that oh and you know what okay i did write a player down for pickett baker mayfield that's a guy that I thought Pickett kind of reminded me of. Just if, like I, I think he's worse Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Yikes. So I went into this quarterback class expecting to be extremely pessimistic, and I found like a couple guys that I'm interested in. You know, if I'm a if I'm a team looking for a quarterback, I think Willis is a one with a bullet for me. Number one, you you if you want to get a starting caliber quarterback who can win you the Super Bowl, like I think he might be the only guy. Um, but he's. There's downside, obviously. He's, he's the guy you see the cleanest path he's, there for. He's riskier, but you, you might as well just take your shot, right? If you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, you want to take a dub. You don't want to pick well, a... And if he sucks, then, okay, you get a high-round pick in a future draft that has a right. better quarterback. Right. You can you should get... The, the, I think the cycle now is you can give up after two years now. Yeah. Like, the, if the guy doesn't show it in the first two years, I think it's fair to give up. You could just Darnold him away. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't... It's like I can't. Gase was the best <laughs> thing that ever happened to Darnold because he tricked us into thinking he could be good. Um, <laughs> the, and then I think there's other, other guys that have like, you know, fringe starter potential guys that could be starters on playoff teams, or if the team is extremely strong, they could get you there or Carson strong, who, if he can just, you know, if the injuries that turn out to not be a big deal could be a serious dude. Um, so I think we'll get like one or two starting quarterbacks out of this draft. And I don't know exactly where they come from, but they're, they're around. I mean, other more than that, we'll get a chance to start. I mean, one or two long-term starters. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty weak quarterback which, class, but it's like, it's be- there are players. To it find was better out. than I expected, though. I was like, I was ready to talk myself out of it completely and be like, don't draft any of these guys. And after I watched it, I was like, all right, you can draft some of these guys. They're <laughs> they're not so bad. Willis especially. Just all right, don't be surprised if it doesn't pan out. Yeah, if if this is the twenty, this is I don't think this is twenty thirteen draft. I think this is the Baker Mayfield draft where, but I don't think anyone's talking themselves into picking these guys first. That's the biggest difference. Is that I don't think anyone's gonna pick Malik Willis number one overall like we did with Baker Mayfield, but I think like the quality of quarterback coming out of this draft is gonna be similar. Where there's like one guy who's really good, another guy who's kind of good, and then a bunch of guys who are questionable. Rosen, Darnold, <laughs> you know the other guys in that draft that didn't really pan out. Uh, okay, let's start with uh, let's start with the running back. Uh, the Seahawks could be looking for a running back this year. They want um, they want to replace Carson, who probably. I would guess is not going to play any more uh, football, but based on the way his neck injury is progressing, it's possible he comes back. If he does, then this will be less of a priority. But right now it seems like 
it's not trending that direction. Would you and agree with that? his contract doesn't run that much longer anyway. So I think no matter what, they're kind of looking for the next guy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I agree. His neck injury just decides how much breathing room we have. Yeah. And so, okay, let's start off with a guy who hit every measurable target. A guy I know both of us like. A guy I know you really like. Uh, he's guys projected to go, you know, round two, round three. So we be definitely could be picking him. Uh, that's Brees Hall from Iowa State, Kevin. Um, Brees Hall... The uh, 40-inch vertical, the 43940, which is faster than I expected, uh, at 217, just a shade under six foot. What do you what do you what do you think about Brees Hall at Iowa State? Uh, Brees Hall's been my running back one for a little while now. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like his running style. I think uh, people overestimate because he's a name that's been around for a while. They think that Brock Purdy is actually a good quarterback when he wasn't, and so they're going like, "Oh, he was playing in this good offense," and it's like, not really. Um, what I see a lot of, uh, I see a, a skill set that kind of reminds me of Lev Bell, where he's somebody who needs to work on his hands, but he has the ability to make plays happen um, after he gets the football in his hands at the passing game, and he's a really patient runner. And uh, that's something I've always been a big fan of, especially in a, a zone running scheme like we have. Yeah. And um, so the other guy that's a day two pick that hit a couple Seahawks measurables with the 10 foot broad jump and the really fast 40 was Kenneth Walker, especially at 211 running a 438. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. The thing for him is that he, at this point in his development, he's not going to be able to play on passing downs very much. Um, he doesn't run good routes. He's not good in pass protection. Um, but he's so good <laughs> running the football. <laughs> Um, just a wrecking ball. I was a Heisman finalist last year. He won the Doak Walker Award. He had 1,600 yards and 18 touchdowns. Um, and I like that he just runs dudes over. He remind, it, um, he has like such good balance and body control and runs dudes over. He looks like a guy who Pete Carroll would like. Um, I'm not sure. I think he seems like a late second-round guy, so I'm not sure if he's in the right range for us. Does that make sense? Yeah, I uh, think... Uh, but he's he's super solid, and I think he'd be a good fit. I think um, you and I are kind of on the same page where there's this cluster of three or four backs that we think are pretty similar skill sets. Mm-hmm. And I think three of them, we have the same backs. And so it's one of those, okay, one of them will definitely be around for our second-round pick, and one of them might be around for our third-round pick, and that would be an interesting fit. Yeah. All right. So now let's get into some late round guys. Is there a late round guy that you've seen? I had two highlighted on this spreadsheet that that our boy Crew Analytics cooked up for us, but two that I've watched uh, quite a bit. Is there any of these uh, later round guys that stood out to you? Uh, yeah, a couple of guys that I've been looking at that I think are really interesting fits uh, numbers wise. Um, one of them is uh, uh, Damian Pierce out of Florida. Okay. Uh, his measurables are really close to what we want. You know, you're like, oh, he has a nine foot eleven broad instead yeah, of a like ten a, foot. He's like one inch under, 0.5 inch under. Like he's very close. His pro day could very easily have him be over in mm-hmm, all those correct. metrics. And if he stands on his tippy toes, then every single metric, and that's important. <laughs> is he is he is he five ten in shoes? <laughs> yeah, he's he's five nine and a half. If you can get to five nine point six, then we're a rounding error in. Um, and so, for me, I think. Uh, his value is he lacks that breakaway like third gear um, that running backs often that's like desirable of an elite running back. But if you look at the running backs we've had success with, a lot of them don't have that like breakaway gear that you get a lot of 10 to 20 yard like breakaway runs where you're going through a dude's face mask. And he's I think a big reason why he's down draft boards a little bit is 
um, that Florida just didn't really use him. But then you look at Dan Mullen and uh, his time at Mississippi State, like he doesn't use running back super well. So it could just be a product of the way that the of the offense that he was stuck in. So he showed the ability to pass block. He showed the ability to make plays out of the backfield. He showed that he could be an every down running back. And so for that reason, he'd be an interesting like day four pick if he makes it there. Or yeah, day pick, I mean fourth round. Um, I'll start with Rashad White. Rashad White. Um, he ran fast. He's he's big. He hit all the measurables except weight by one pound. So the the thing for the thing for me about Rashad White, he's a really good pass catcher. Kind of the opposite of, of Kenneth Walker. He mm-hmm. really does a good job in the passing game. He's super willing to get out there and try to pass block, which to me matters a lot because a lot of running back pass blocking is just about effort. We see it with Homer. He's not like a big guy or anything like that or huge or anything, but he is but so willing. somebody's will- getting run over. It's either him or the other guy. Right. He's so <laughs> willing to put his body in the way of the other guy. And that's really what matters with these with these um, running, with these uh, pass blocking running backs. So I like him quite a bit. A guy who hit all the measurable marks who um, is such a like a – we could get this guy at the end of the draft round seven or even maybe a UDFA, and then he just looks like – a guy who gets exactly what the play gives you and tries to run one guy over. So, you know, the like, he like a great value Chris Carson is mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Harris from South Carolina. He's like not good, <laughs> uh, but he, he looks kind of slow, which is crazy to me because he's so explosive on the, and the measurables, but he just like, he hits the hole hard and then tries and he runs that first guy over. He has super good balance. He run and he's playing SEC football, you know. So it's not like the guys he's running over are are schmucks. So I, that's a guy I've got my eyes on as a guy that the Seahawks might target as a priority free agent or like a seventh round pick kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one. My only objection with Rashad White is um, his tape is really frustrating because he's big and he's like powerful and he refuses to use it in any way, shape, or form as a running back, and uh-huh. it's super frustrating. But if he can like. And I, I just don't know if he can overcome what seems to be his tendency to try and be a finesse back. Um, but he does, he can, he does try really to cool. run around. But I mean, the, the thing for me is that I think he sees himself as like the the third down, the, the speed guy, the, the lightning and a thunder and lightning combo. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's it's it well, is what it is. I would I would spend a day three pick to figure that out. The, uh, the another guy I like though is um, Keontae Ingram out of USC. Okay, that's another offense that didn't really use its running back super well and has been struggling as a unit. His numbers, um, like his testing numbers are really interesting. Mm-hmm. And on tape, I think he's an interesting player. I need to watch more than one game of him. But I think he's another guy who, based on his testing numbers, I feel a need to go back and check his tape. All right. Um, wide receivers. I'll just pick, we'll just pick like, a, we're probably not drafting a wide receiver. <laughs> we drafted one last year. We have two of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, I doubt they'll try to get an outside uh, an outside wide receiver. Though apparently it, the the hot news today is that we've been checking the wide receiver market in free agency, so or in a trade. I mean, so it's, it's like oh. it's very possible that we could go for this. I mean, there are guys out there that hit our measurables: uh, Khalil Shakir, Sky Moore, Christian Watson. These are all smaller school guys that I've watched. Um, did Sky Moore is Sky Moore Western Michigan? Is that the same as Eskridge? Yep, <laughs> that's that's kind of funny. He's the other guy you kept seeing on the Eskridge tape. Where you're like, oh, that guy looks pretty good too. Yeah, he's fast. He was fast on the on the tape. One thing that was crazy about this wide receiver class, just in general, was they all tested so fast in their initial 40s, but then there was something wrong with the timings, and so they all went way up. It was like looking like it was going to be like a record breaking breaking speed class. And then um, there. So Kevin, give me just like two got two wide receivers that stand out to you, because I I think this is on the lower end of possibilities. So I, just I agree, get and I think unless there's like a faller, 
um, then I'm interested in some of the day three guys who might be around. So uh, um, a guy like Danny Gray out of SMU, I think can be like an inside outside guy who's going to be there in the later rounds of the draft, um, who was in a really pass heavy offense like him and Taekwon Thornton, I think are very similar in that um, their testing numbers are really good. They're pretty much a pure outside guy at this point, but they remind me of Paul Richardson where they need oh, okay. to add a little bit of bulk to be able to handle like some press coverage and stuff, yeah. but they immediately have a skill set and that skill set brings some value. Yeah. I'd like to see us get some tall receivers, to be honest with you. I do think like Russ likes throwing to those tall guys on crossers and having some tall receivers. But I think if we take a tall receiver, it probably won't be at wide receiver. It'll be at tight end. And so some tight ends that that we saw um, some great numbers from. Um, these are crazy numbers, by the way, for guys this big. So like inline tight ends, Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State, 6'5", 253. He broad jumped 10 foot 5 with a 35-foot-inch vertical, and he ran a 4.63. Yeah, just to put this in perspective, Daniel Bellinger had pretty decent numbers for a defensive end. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> These numbers are nuts. And and that and that's not it's not just him either. There was a several guys that put up some crazy combine numbers. So, um, yeah, I I like Bellinger. I think it's, it'd be an interesting guy to bring in and develop. Um, it's we do need to bring in a tight end if we're not going to resign people, right? We we're, yep. we're losing a couple of guys at tight end. We're down to just Parkinson, right? Yeah, and then Disley's probably a resign, but we he's not on roster, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do. But uh, until they resign Disley, it seems like a really obvious need. They're gonna they're probably going to spend a draft pick here. Um, who would you like to see them go after on this one? Uh, so there's a few guys that are on the list. Um that are on the spreadsheet that I think are interesting, and a few guys off. Right. Why don't you mention a couple on, and I'll mention I'll do, a couple off. Oh, you go ahead. Go go crazy on this one. Go nuts for donuts. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> I honestly haven't hit tight end super hard yet. It's one of the positions I've been kind of waiting for. So, so a couple of people that I think are interesting... Um, so Cole Turner out of Nevada uh, is a guy where... I'm not really sure what's going on with that vertical number because I feel like his play looked a little different than that. And so uh, he he's a taller move tight end, and two people who fit that profile that I thought were really interesting players were um, him and uh, Jelani Woods out of Virginia. Um, Jelani Woods uh, didn't test in all the numbers, but he's six seven. Uh, he has thirty four inch arms, and he ran a four six one forty. So he's another guy who's bigger, can move really well. Um, he'd be an interesting insurance for Parkinson, and then another position I think is interesting. Um, for the type of system that you run would be kind of the smaller move tight end. Um, so looking for someone who can maybe take some staffs in the backfield, stuff like that. And uh, a player that uh, I think is really interesting for that is Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Any team, any time. Oh, wait, that was BYU. They they lost to Coastal Carolina, right? They did. <laughs> that was the Zach Wilson wearing that anyone. What was it? What is his, what anyone, his headband anywhere, say? Anytime. Yes, it's like, all right, dude. Then they played anyone, anywhere, anytime, and lost. Uh, okay, so tight ends, we got... And then Trey McBride didn't test, but he's another dude who's going to have yeah, the numbers that, we like. That is one thing, too, is that a lot of guys did passed on tests. One, because they changed the times that the tests were in a way that made it so that, like, if you do these tests, you're going to have doms all day while, they're, while we're doing drills, and, like, guys didn't want that to happen. So it it's... um. It's unfortunate, but it, guys who are clearly like 
they're, they're guys who had more established draft positions were like, I'll just do all my workouts at my pro day. Yep. I'm not going to do them at the combine. I'll come and I'll do the drills. I'll come and I'll throw. You know, like a lot of a lot of the quarterbacks just threw. They didn't do or any, did interviews. They did, and did interviews. They just th- I'm going to throw and do interviews. That's it. That's what Willis did. He yep. just threw and did interviews. And it's like he, he, it makes sense because if he does the if he does the workouts, he's going to be heck of tired going into the throwing drills, right? And that's where he wanted to focus on. Whereas the pro day, he can plan out his workout how he wants to do it and make himself look the best possible right so a lot of guys are going to do stuff at their pro day um like on what was the what's the usc wide receiver um the real good one uh oh Prince. uh drake drake london london london, Sorry, london. There's, there's there's a drake jackson who's a d end and a drake london. london who's a wide receiver and it yeah london me. london didn't run um because and most people think he's going to be on the slower end um and it's and everyone and it's because like he's just going to run at his pro day and then that way he can, he can get a 449 on the uh on the home timer, you know, that's it. That's important because <laughs> it is important. It will help him because he he's established as a clear first round guy. He could be the first wide receiver off the board, but like if he runs a four four nine, like it, it pretty much just solidifies his spot. All right, let's get into the positions that I think most people want us to, to talk about. And then we'll we'll save defense for next week. But we got offensive tackles, and I'll go first. Um, Abraham Lucas, a guy who. Um, so I think some some in the Seahawks draft community have already been talking up a guy that I, I obviously like because he went to Washington State. Um, I was really hopeful that his athletic testing would be good. His 10 yards were really fast, uh, his first 10 yards on a 40, and they, they don't put that in the spreadsheet, but that is something that matters to the Seahawks. Uh, Abraham Lucas is 6'6", 315, 34-inch arms, a 4'4", short shuttle. Um, he got only got 24 bench reps, but that's close to the threshold. Um, a guy who will probably be available round two because this is a good tackle draft in general um and and it's a deep tackle draft yeah yeah, there's just a lot of tackles available and and i think it you know we start to see stuff like this happen where a position becomes a premium position in the nfl right and over time at first it's really hard to get a left tackle right but over time guys start to come up as a left tackle because well i mean now i can make crazy million dollars i can can get almost quarterback money if i'm a good left tackle and i'm a big guy so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be a left tackle i'm not gonna try to be a a defensive tackle right so that this starts to change um i literally think like lucas he he does a good job mirroring he doesn't he he's his attacks are really good um the thing for for me is that he has trouble getting out on zone runs sometimes on on the tape and so you want to see him apply that athleticism in the game a little better and um he had took a heck of a lot of penalties <laughs> which is which is something that you 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 want him to to cut out coming into the pros but as like a guy who could step in and be you know competent for us at tackle from day one i think he's about as good as it gets where we're gonna pick and like the top around three or the or the middle around two you know kind of thing so that's a guy i'm very very interested in the seahawks uh keeping their eyes on is there a who's a standout prospect for you towards like 210? Uh, so Abraham Lucas is the one that I'm most interested in as well. I know um, that Bernard Raymond, who uh, is getting like early, like late round one, early round two hype, is a guy who has something that is your least favorite thing. Do you know what that thing is? Um, what is it? What is it? Guess who's 25 years old? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I- 
And so uh, I think it's this really interesting clump of tackle prospects. With Raymond, Raymond's Penny. tape is pretty good, though. It's pretty good, but then you watch him at like uh, the Senior Bowl playing against um, like quality competition, and you see that is him this, is his technique is his technique outmatched, or is was his uh, was it because he's a good athlete? Yeah, it's his technique that's outmatched. Yeah, I, I could do. I can deal with that. So you're 25 <laughs> years old, and, and you know you need is he new the to the same? Posi- te- is he new he's, to the position? Over from tight end. There you go. See. He's new to the position. We can make some excuses. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, and that's the thing is, though, you have Trevor Penning, Bernard Raymond, and Abraham Lucas and Max Mitchell, who I think... Lucas is by far the most polished, especially in pass pro. Exactly. And so if I can get Abraham Lucas, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the top 50 players, or I can get the other two at like the end of the top 30 players, then I really like Abraham Lucas for that draft value. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, like Mac, Max Mitchell is going to be further down. Um, and his athletic numbers weren't quite as good, uh, but he's another guy who I think is interesting as, like, I think he needs about as much work as Trevor Penning and just has a lower ceiling, and he's a guy who could be available, like, round four. So one thing I've noticed lately with the Seahawks is they really like tall guys. So one thing I did bef- even before the combine was I kind of tried to focus on a couple tall, really tall guys, and they both showed up, two of them showed up on the spreadsheet, so I was really happy with that. Uh, Daniel Falele from Minnesota and Kellen Deesh from Arizona State. They're both like six seven, six eight, uh, gigantic, really tall. And um, Kellen did a really good job. He ran a four four three short shuttle and like jumped really well uh, at six, especially at six seven. He probably needs to put on a little bit of good weight. And he's 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 a okay. What what do you think of him, Kevin? So, so my issue when I was watching Kellen Deesh is that he gets pushed around a lot. He has really poor anchor. Yeah, he's he's light. Like he, I would guess that last year he was under 300 pounds by a lot. Like he yeah. was like 285 maybe. Yeah, he he looked very slight at six. Well, the thing is he's six seven, so he probably was 300 pounds, but he was six seven. I mean, he weighed three. He weighed 305 at the com or 301 at the combine, and that's when he's like at the combine. You're trying to get heavy, he's chugging water. He's drinking melted ice cream. He just he just needs better anchor, and if he gets into a pro, if they can, if they feel like they can put good weight on his frame. I really think that there's a lot of potential there. And if there's one thing we know about Ivan, it's that he's really oh crap. Yeah, I don't know. That's the problem. <laughs> is that it's it's tough. But I mean, as far as guys you could get in like round five, that could he's really athletic for a guy you're gonna get in round four, round five. He's really uh, he's really good um, in his movement. His he's athletic. Like we're, when he's out in space, he's just gonna he's gonna get out in space and do a really good job finding a guy, picking a guy up. You know, he's not gonna be like the remember back in the day with the Fetty when I was always complaining he'd run out into space and then block no one. Yeah, but yeah, he run out in space <laughs> and then guy, block air. This guy's not gonna do that. No. So I I'm, I'm a big fan. I think it's it's a good it's a good flyer if we decide not to go tackle earlier to like kind of add to the Stone Forsyth pile of potential. Yes, <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm at with him. Yeah, that's fair. And then Daniel Falele is just enormous. Yeah, he's so big, dude. Like, he's as big as uh, uh, who's the dude who ended up on the Jets from Louisville. He's, you know, he said his his model was the guy for uh, the guy for the Eagles, Malele. Oh. And I could totally see him being that if, if he if he really like comes in, gets picked in round three, round four, and just like does a good job. I could totally see him like following that that path. So. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at with him. Yeah, he's definitely got that Mackay Becton size, and or uh, yeah, like you were saying from uh, from the Eagles. So that that is an interesting fit. All right, last tackle before we go to IOL and mostly centers because we don't really need guards. Uh, what was your who's your you got any more tackles? Or are we go ready to go to centers? Um, I don't have any more tackles that tested. All right, good. So let's go to Lin- centers. I want to talk about Linderbaum for a second. So Linderbaum, he comes out. They measure his arms, and people freaked out. 
Um, they're, they would be the shortest arms in the NFL as a center and all this stuff comes out. I'm just going to tell you, if this guy's available at 210 because his arms are too short, oh, that'd be the get him. Thing just ever. get him. Pick him up. He's the best center in the, in, the, in, the, in the draft. He's one of the best football players in the draft. Um, we skipped out on a center last year for, I think, a stupid reason. I think we didn't draft Landon Dickerson because he's left-handed. And if we skip out on Linderbaum because his arms are tiny, um, fine. Thirty-one and a quarter, by the way. Yeah, which is really short. Um, it's the it's the short. It would be the shortest guy on the spreadsheet if they added it to him <laughs> yeah. him to it. Um, I don't think you freak out. I think Linderbaum should still go in the top fifteen picks, uh, maybe like twenty. You know, because center is a less premium position for sure. But Linderbaum is the best center in this draft. He's extremely good. He understands how to play the position at such a high level. And one thing I like about him is, you know, he can get in, solo it up on guys and do completely fine. Um, he get get him get him out there one on one. He doesn't have to just like, you know, set good help blocks or anything like that. He can get into the second level and, and help there too. He's just a really good football player. Um, if he, I wouldn't even mind if he was available at like twenty six, being like, let's 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 get some assets out there and go up and get him. Cause he's, he's exactly what we need. Jeff we, Saturday was a really effective zone blocking center in the NFL with 31 and a half inch arms right. at a very similar size set. Yeah. You, that that's a skill set that you, in this style of offense has been proven to be able to be effective. You can't teach someone how to be like good at football like that. He's just good at football. Yes. <laughs> like he's just, he just understands how to play the position. So uh, the position of center. So other than that, Kevin, are there centers that stand out to you? That uh, that either tested or didn't test that you're you're kind of keeping your eye on right now. Uh, as the actually, process. there's a lot. Like okay. I started off going. There's some interesting guys, and uh, the more I've watched tape and the more I've seen testing, the more interesting guys I see. Right. So the one I'll tick off that I think would be really interesting to you is there, but probably won't be is Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who could play guard or center. Um, he takes off every athletic measurable anything that you would want. This is a guy who just dump trucks people. Um, he's uh, a fun to watch blocker because he finishes his blocks in that way that like it's kind did of he, it's kind of oh I'm porn. Did he get any snaps at center on Boston College? I know that they have they had Alex Lindstrom too, right? So they did yeah. he, he didn't get any center reps. Um I don't believe he got center reps in college um or if he did it was for one season, but I do know that he got center reps at the pro, at the senior bowl. Okay. Cool. Um so he's a guy who's interesting. I uh, just a very and that would be blocker. that'd be at two ten, right? That's a guy that might might fall to around two ten. If he was there at two ten, that would be super interesting. I wouldn't trade up for him, but if he fell, I also wouldn't be surprised if he went somewhere in the twenties. Okay. Like it's kind of he's kind of just one of those guys. Centers of position or interior offensive line, it's kind of interesting to see. Some people don't want to draft it, and yeah. so for that reason, people can end up going later than their talents would. And, and in a draft like this, where you're just trying to get starters, we've seen this with the guy. Who's the guy in the Colts? Uh, Kelly? No, the, the their offensive guard. The, oh, the, um, real, the real good one out of Notre the, Dame. The yeah. best, the best one. Um. Anyway, we've seen it with him though that, you know, he fell that farther down. Quentin the Nelson. Dra- Quentin Nelson fell farther down the draft than probably his talent level. Even though he went like what sixth overall. I mean, he was probably the best, most sure thing prospect in that draft, right? Yeah. He falls a little, a little bit, but like he instantly can just come in and make an impact. You can see guards now come in and just like transform offensive lines. And we saw it with, with Dickerson with Kansas City. I mean, he held that offensive line together. They changed five starters, but because they had good leadership in the middle of the line, it didn't matter as much. So I would love to see us, you know, really prioritize this position. Uh, give me like two more, Kevin. All right, so hit, two hit guys me. that I would love to see in round two and uh, or love to see in round three and in round four would be amazing for me would be uh, Dylan Parham out of Memphis. 
who um, he's an interesting guy because I didn't check his film at first because he was listed at 285 on the Memphis roster. Mm-hmm. Well, in interviews, he's like, they just never weighed me after my sophomore year. Exactly. That was, that was my old weight. <laughs> they didn't update the media guide. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, his athletic testing was really good. His college tape is really good. Uh, he's a guy who I think could come in and he played tackle and guard, but he's going to be a center in the NFL. And he's a guy I think could come in and maybe sit behind a guy for a season and then be really good. Or I could see him taking a starting job right away. Another guy who has center and tackle experience, um, really good athletic testing. And when I watch him play on uh, tape, I think Zach Tom out of Wake Forest mm-hmm. looks really good. Um, both Parham and and uh, Tom are two guys who they get out and move in space really well. They can get to the second level in blocks. They are just really, really good fits for a zone blocking scheme who I feel like for both of them, their floor is as a really, really good backup guard slash center. Yeah, and the the thing that's tough is we know that the measurables for these offensive linemen, what they were like before, but we're going to run outside zone a lot this year uh, going into next year. It just seems like it's going to be a bigger and bigger part of our offense, and while we run outside zone, uh, that's we, we'll see what happens. We need people the... who can get outside for the zone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest, and for as little as $1.24 a month, get in the Discord uh, enjoy uh, the the company and uh, chat it up. All right, um, we're gonna take a short break and then we'll get Eric in here for the for the movie club. Buddy, good to see you. <laughs> That's going in. Uh, well, so welcome back. Uh, we're we're <laughs> Eric's here. That one that one's going in. Uh, so basically, what happened is um we don't have one of those lights for a hot mic. Legend so. <laughs> Legend of the Discord. Make sure you lean into the mic because you guys are sharing a mic this time. Uh, Legend of the Discord. I'm too busy leaning into Eric. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> Legend of the Discord. Elliot, aka Big Potty Junior, aka Astro. He sent us. Uh, a care package from Australia. It's got some Australian snacks. So I'll just say this right away. We're going to eat near microphones. So if you're like the person that hates people eating, listening, eating sounds, then you should turn it off. This is from this point forward, you will be miserable. But if you isolate this for ASMR purposes, don't tell us about it because that's creepy. Yeah, that, I don't know about that either. All right. So first we got. Unless you think we can make money via Patreon. I'm going to open this up. I'll, we'll Welcome op- to our new OnlyFans. I opened this up, but I'll be honest. I didn't really look through it very much because I wanted to kind of react to it live. So first we got the uh, Paramata Eel Coasters. Oh, those are dope. Uh, these are pretty cool, and uh, this is—he's trying to bra- brainwash us into being a fan of this team in the Aussie Rules Football, and it worked cool. on me at least. Uh, I don't know about anyone else in the Discord, but the the blue—we're in the blue and gold army, boys. So here we go. Uh, there's also there's also a letter. There's also a letter here. I will uh, I will scan it first to make sure it's not like anything that he does, he wouldn't want me to read. But uh, but then oh here before I do that. Um, check this out. On the box, it says it cost a hundred and fifty six forty five Australian dollars. So that's like a dollar eighty four. So um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Wouldn't uh, that be in robots? no? But but like seriously, this thing was like fifteen pounds. It was heavy. All right. So um, it says good day. All right. I like that. That's right off the bat. He's coming with. The, we already made a crocodile Dundee joke earlier, Eric. How I missed you, it. Um, good. Good thing you told me. Uh, so a quick summary of the box. So Vegemite. There's a jar of Vegemite for each of us. Um, we're not going to eat that to. We're going to eat that today, but we're going to comment on it next week because I'm not going to run downstairs, make toast, run back upstairs. But like, um, I looked up this up. There's a picture here. This is actually really helpful. I actually looked it up beforehand though, like the right way to spread Vegemite. You're not supposed to put very much, and you're supposed to like you know do, um, 
Patrick Stewart's favorite bit. treat, by the way. Uh, a little bit of butter. So butter and a little butter bit of... Butter and then a scraping scrape. of Vegemite. Yeah, it's not, it's not like Nutella where you just like hit it hard. Um, put a spoon in the okay, so he's got descriptions <laughs> of a lot of these things. Um, Tim Tams. Uh, so this is, this is just there. him like giving us a little bit of information. I'm going to read this later because I want to react to it without him influencing my, uh, my feelings on it. Um, so let's do it. Okay. So let's start off with, so we got, there's three of everything in here, which is like the ultimate hookup. I like, oh, man. I didn't, I didn't like think like, okay, so let's start off with, uh, we're going to go with twisties chicken. You ready? All right. You guys ready for twisties chicken? All right. So I'm open this up. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of like cross noise here. So these look like here. So these, what do you, what would you say these look like? These look like kind of like they light, look like Funyuns, almost. light color Cheetos or Funyuns. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely uh, that like so, popcorn product. All right, I like that. It's like really salty. My review is it's uh, poultry seasoning flavored Cheetos. All right, we got twisties. We got twisties. Have twist you ever wanted to do chicken in a biscuit brand popcorn? Because if you did, we got twisties cheese, which I'm gonna imagine is just like a, a Cheeto. All right, pretty much. Right. It's it okay. Comparative to a Cheeto though, let me, let's let's do this. Okay, Cheetos are like <laughs> chicken in a biscuit with cheese. Cheetos are kind of, um, they disintegrate when they get into your mouth. Yeah. They don't like actually, there's no like structure. This does not. It has more of like a, you can actually chew it. Like the real corn flavor. Yeah, it's good. I actually like that one quite a bit. It also has yeah. that chicken flavor that the other ones have. Yeah, Twisty's, uh, the Twisty's chicken, I was like, it's ho-hum. It's like pretty salty. It's nice. It tastes like, like I imagine chicken stock on that. But the cheese one is like. I bet put, pouring them both in a bowl. Party mix style would be pretty good. Good call. Okay. So we got... Okay, I'm going to take some stuff out. This is chicken salt. This is like a seasoning. Obviously can't just eat this straight out. But also, I guess we now know what's on the twisty chicken. Actually, I, I could <laughs> eat this. I could just eat this straight up. Would that be weird? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, you're supposed to taste your seasonings before you use them. I mean, All right. You so wanna, I'll just set this chicken seasoning to the side. We'll, we'll, let you know about, we'll let you know about chicken salt coming up, okay? That's a that's a future, future one. All right, here we go. We got the Cadbury Dairy Milk. Caramello Koala. Look at this guy. He's so happy on this box. He's really happy to be eating. He's a chocolate koala bear, by the way, for those at home. Okay, uh, so I'm passing this around. We got the... We're going to... It encourages us on the back of the thing to enjoy the milky goodness. I'm trusting him that this is chlamydia. Oh, and I do think there's oh. four... I think there's four of these all because uh, producer guy. producer Brett is going to take some home nice. also. Okay. It's, oh, that, that's like a little koala. Yeah, Eric. Is he wearing? He's wearing suspenders. And then I bit his head off. It says CK I mean, on it. He's really head. happy. This guy. This guy's gonna taste good. It definitely looks like one of those uh, uh, chocolate Santas, only a koala. Oh, I like this. This is basically America's caramello. Yeah, but this is better though. The chocolate is like milkier. I don't know any other way to describe that. That may have been influenced by the wrapper. It's good Cadbury chocolate. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. Mmm. I'm not a big caramel person, but that's good. Okay, there's the Vegemite. Get that out of here. We'll be eating that later tonight. Telling the you. Vegemite bubble wrap because it's actually part of their national economy. If Brett thinks he's getting any of my Vegemite, okay. he might. I don't so know. here's another. Here's This is like, <laughs> this is in some kind of can. It says... Please be banana quick. Nestle Milo? 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 Is that like Ovaltine? Yeah, it's just, it with milk? so it says nourishing energy. Oh. How to make the perfect cup of Milo? Great to enjoy hot or cold. We're gonna have to do this one later. Milo is anything. a chocolate flavored malted powder product produced by Nestle, typically mixed with milk, hot water, or broth to produce a beverage. 
Okay, so it's it like... Was a develop, it was originally developed in Australia by Thomas Maine in 1934. Yeah, so it's got um, malt barley, rice, milk solid, sugar, cocoa. I, I feel like it's going to be like an Ovaltine, Eric. I think that's a really good description, but I bet... I was, I was if, into it before it said or mixed with broth. It contains carbohydrates, protein, yeah. fat, six okay, vitamins, wait, B2, B3. Wait, did you say people mix this with... It says broth. Yeah. Nah, dog. <laughs> I understand water. Like, oh, I want to cut back the calories Don't do that. milk. Or lactose intolerant. What if you want chocolatey beef broth to go with your chicken chips? Come on, man. Okay, this is best before February 2023, so we got time. We got time for that one. We'll, we'll do it make tonight, that happen. Though. We'll do it tonight. We'll do it tonight. We'll... We will remember this next is, March. This is like a to-be-continued episode now where there's going to be some future stuff next week okay so we got milo sitting down there all right here we go we got this is cherry ripe by cadbury luscious cherries and coconut in old gold rich dark chocolate i'm very excited <laughs> why are you excited about this do you like cherry desserts or uh, cherry sounds good the old gold is like that marketing just got me <laughs> the mar- the old gold chocolate what yeah. are, old chocolate though that's could be eric, like eric likes old things they I make just, him oh okay let's talk about how this looks first of all the old man the there's like um it's like a little, there's like a little texture on the top. Maybe like a... Is there a wafer in this? Let's find out. I would say the packaging mm-hmm. is very appealing. It's like a cool bright red color. Oh, wow. Good Actual on Actual red in the middle. What is the, what is the, what is inside this? Cherry. And coconut. Is like it coconut? Says. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I'm, I blew past the coconut. This is mounds, but cherry. That's all right. I don't mind it. If you like coconut, it's pretty good. Sometimes you feel like a nut, Eric. And in that candy, you don't. <laughs> right. That's pretty good. Um, Darius Rucker's favorite oh, favorite cookie, the wagon wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. So, I was waiting. What? Wait. You're like, where's this going? This is the wagon wheel original. Eight minis, chalk coated marshmallow and jam snack. Ooh, there's jam in here. Oh, okay. I was like not that interested in this. Were there three of those? No, I don't think so, bro. God, dang it. I'll be honest. I'm half out on uh, marshmallow, and then you're like, and jam, and I'm like, I'm back in. All right. Oh, oh, these are big, dude. Look at these. Well, there's maybe only three in there. That nice. is sizable. There's uh. Oh wait, wait, no. There's two. These are two stacked on top of each other. Here. Oh, okay. Here you go. I was like, I thought it was the whole thing. So, <clears throat> so I think we all agree. It looks like if somebody made a small moon pie. Um. Yeah. So it wasn't disgusting, maybe. Well, that's. What oh I no! Out. I dropped the. This is this is like the most noise. I'm glad I told people to turn it off if they don't like noise because man, I'm just not even trying. I think this is a winner. This is definitely if moon pies didn't suck. Mm-hmm. I think this is good. It's more I'm not one getting bite too. So I I'll be it. honest, I'm not getting the jam. Neither am I. But what I like is um, a little bit. that the wafers are small enough that it doesn't make the whole thing a dry experience because that was what would ruin this. Um, very good choice in size. I'm trying to taste the jam, but I'm not. I got the jam. You kind of need to take a big bite with it. Give him some jam. It is. That's my favorite, though. I mean, it's good. I'm really, I'm really hoping you guys hate it. <laughs> I do Brett. Okay, we got Tim Tam Double Coat. There, all right on the box, dude, it says, there is no substitute. Uh, Seahawks Nest Podcast will be the... <laughs> that, my now, Come on, was... dude! It says it right on the box. There's no substitute, no Eric. No substitute for the last one. The, the wafer, the the hoodie and the blowfish wafers. But we'll all right, see. these are so we got multiple types of Tim Tams in here. We got the double coats right here. We got like the. I have had a Tim Tam before. So wait, we're going um, right to they double are very different. single coat. I don't know. Oh, this is good. 
I could eat wow. a lot of these. <laughs> these, are, these are messed up. What? Those are really good. Okay. Can so, you buy these in America? Oh, <laughs> over under on calories. Because oh. I'm guessing a billion. Bro, these can't be good for I'm saying, you. I'm saying 140 a piece. Okay, servings per package, nine. So there's probably like 18 in here. No, there's nine in here. Mm-hmm. So there's one. Servings per package, nine. One. Size 22.2 grams, one biscuit. 48, 488. Is that calories? I hope not. No, that's energy. <laughs> what does that mean? No, I think that might be, this might be like 500 calories, dude. That seems right. Based on how it tastes. Oh, no. I don't know, dude. I could eat a, like I said, these are good. These are messed up. There, there really is. Right Eric, I think there many. is no substitute. I'm, you know <laughs> I apologize, Jim Jam. We just had to verify. I didn't mean to insult you. There truly is no I'm, substitute. I'm saving Tim Tam original for last now. That one's going to the side, even though it was next in the box. <laughs> Tim Tam original is like... We've got to finish on a high note for sure. Okay, we got... Tim Tams are legit. Dang, that was so good. Okay, we got... Wow. Um, fiery coconut chili sauce with curry and ginger. Medium. Well, we could have used that on... The Byron Bay ones. Chili Company. Use it on the chicken chips. On chicken chips. You guys want to have it with some chicken chips? So, in 1992, they became an international brand of chili... This is going to be good. All right, well... We'll do the, this. Is this is going into the pile of things to talk about no, next we week? Do, we, do, we should do a straight taste now. Or like you want to just take a take a pull out of the bottle? Here. We'll just you know like dab the dab Ooh, the. Here, cover. open it. You open it up, and I'll, I'll get the next thing open because it looks like it's going to take me a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I, and so okay. I have to give it to you. So yeah, we got. Okay, there's. Oh, this is. Oh, it got cool right here, guys. Check this out. It got cool, man. It was already cool. No, I mean like it got even cool. Like, you know I didn't what I think meant. that was possible. You knew what I meant. Look at this. Dude, Astro with the massive. Oh, that's okay. dope. Oh, so what? once we have a studio, this is getting a prominent place in the studio. That's a fact. This is a. Uh, we got like a little little stuffed animal action. We got. Um, it's a. Looks like a koala wearing a Australia jersey, and we've got a kangaroo. He says hearts Australia. I like that Australia bar. The Australia bar. That's great. Yeah, the koala bar. There we go. That's great. Pretty cool. Okay, we got something for everyone right here. This is a, this is some koala keychains, um, but they are also bottle openers. Oh, that's pretty cool. One broke. Ooh, that's too bad. Okay, I, I could fix it though. Dude, that curry hot sauce is very curry forward. Has a really nice heat to it. All right. Did you that get? Is, did that you, is good. Did you put some on your finger, Eric? Tell me about it. I'm not eating straight hot sauce with chocolate in my mouth. I'm sorry, I can't do it. It's not that hot. <laughs> I. This is great. Uh, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if you could cook Can't with it. Fix that. I mean, you could definitely. You could definitely like slather that on something for sure. Okay, yeah, slather it. Cook with it. Pass it over. All right. Let me see. Shake it up. Yeah. It's like if you don't like the flavor of curry powder, do not have it. But if Kevin you like curry, it's very good. Kevin could have better, done a better job at ripping the top off. Uh, I would expect nothing less from you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, that is good. I like that. It does have some nice heat on it, but it's not like super hot. No. Yeah, if, if you don't like curry, you will not like that. Okay. All right, we got um, Dairy Mix Freddo. Look at this character. So Freddo <laughs> is, is a, a cool uh, frog. smiling frog on a chocolate boat. Uh, Freddo is the guy who betrayed his brother in The Godfather Part 3. <laughs> uh, it's a frog that betrayed... So what I'm hearing is that <laughs> if one of us leaves the podcast, boat. we're going to leave the head of one of these in that person's bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting full, man. I don't even want to... Like, I'm... <laughs> This is like too much. Are you gonna eat a Freddo, Eric? Oh yeah, just you know, gotta gotta share with Kevin. I can't. This nah, is just, I'm just gonna eat all. This is just straight up chocolate. There's nothing in here. That's okay, good. so it's. I mean, it's Cadbury milk chocolate. Freddo is uh, sticking his tongue out at me. It's a little insulting. That just means you have to eat him head first. He's he's asking for it at that point. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Freddo is worse than caramello, but still good. Salt milk chocolate. Okay. Eric's. Which everything I expect from a Cadbury. Eric's like that. Eric didn't chocolate it out, I can tell. You know I'm saving myself for whatever else we got left. <laughs> There's only two things left. I need I need another uh, okay. double Tim Tam worth of I was about to say, but calories. one of them's a Tim Tam, so. Okay, we got, yeah, I know, um, which I'm going to eat. The low I, calorie I don't know if you've seen Tim Tam. That's a fact. They're so good. Sorry, 250 okay. energy. These are oven-braked <laughs> R-Nots Shapes Originals. We got three flavors. Mini Chicken Crimpy, Barbecue, and Pizza. So hmm. we'll try we'll, we'll try two of them. Because I, I don't know if I can do you want to open three? Nah, Let's it. each open one. Okay, so Kevin, you're getting, um, you're getting, uh, I'm, I'm taking mini chicken crimpy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just like the name. Who, want bar- who wants I'll... barbecue and who wants pizza? I'm happy with either. Do you have a strong yeah, I reference? Don't really, I don't really All right, care. here we go, boys. I didn't even look. Pizza is typically gross, so if Kevin wants to, yeah, and I got pizza. I'll, yeah, I got, I'll take the bullet, boys. I got barbecue. Well, we can all, we can all trade. Because there's, I'm going to try one of each. All right, so I'm going to go mini chicken crimpy. Oh, these are little. I didn't, I expected these to be bigger for some reason. They are reason. mini. And they are crisps. So yeah, these are these look. Mine looks like kind of like a like a like a Ritz cracker or something. Mine looks like uh, those air crisps, a hexagon-ish thing. It's solid. It's like the Matrix and Transformer shape. Yeah, there you go. They're trade me here. Take some of these, Kevin. <laughs> hey, you guys. Yeah, you guys do those ones and then pass them over. And you got some chicken crimpy. Like that. Like that. So yeah. really, the um, the crimpy itself is. It's di- it's different. Yeah, the, the crimpy was like. different. The crimpy was different than the other one. Okay, barbecue. It's all right. I'm I'm not into the sh- are not shapes. I'm not gonna lie, they're okay. I think the barbecue is best for me so far. I would. Uh, I'm about to have these chicken crimpies to find out. The problem with this, you got oh, eat I like them. pizza the best. Pizza was oh, pizza changed just for me. Really? Tilted the playing field. I don't really like... You can really taste the crimpy in this one. I am... Very subtle chicken. He's alright. These are, these are pretty solid. Pizza. Uh, like... Kevin, which one did you like the best? Um, They were all, like, C. They were... Yeah, I was going to say, this one was like a B-, and all the other ones, the other two were Cs. So C plus. Totally barbecue. Barbecue, okay, yeah. Alright, here, take these, put these in the pile of things we ate some out of. Alright, you guys ready for a, a original Tim Tam? So I hear this is Brett's pile of stuff right here. Yeah. <laughs> just, give <him> <laughs> just give him all the open ones. I mean, he won't let them go to waste. All right. Uh, yo, he will not. <laughs> if we're like, hey, Brett, this is open food. You got to take it. He'll be like, okay. Well, you know. I can be there at like 9 o'clock. How come there's no double Tim Tams in here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, those ones disappeared, bro. Sorry, we need the energy. <laughs> yeah, what's the energy on these? No, I'll have to find out. Wait. Let me break up my reading glasses. So they're they're these are like this. These just taste the same to me. They're also really good. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hearing is there is a substitute. It's the other Tim Tams. Yeah, I will accept this is a substitute. <laughs> I think the other one is richer. If memory serves, it was darker colored. It's yeah. a little lighter. So it says that these ones are double coat. So I'm assuming they have twice as much of the outside chocolate. This one's only 399 energy. <laughs> so if you're facing the end boss you need a double Tim Tam is what you're saying <laughs> yeah but if you're watching your figure then you just need the original alright well this is fun um what you guys know about Milo Chicken Salt and Vegemite those are the three we gotta cover right. for next week so guys I uh think hey. I'm gonna wash this down with the rest of my Freddo <laughs> <laughs> Eric so, saves Eric saves some Freddo for later so we all agree that the uh the Tim Tams are king 
Oh so yeah. What's your uh, What's your number three after? Like if we were drafting these, I would draft Tim Tam first and second. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, ne- what, that's why I asked for third. <laughs> um, next best thing out of the box. I'm going to go with the cheese twisties, to be honest with you. Ooh. The cheese twisties are legit. I'm taking the wafers that you could barely taste the berry with. Oh, the wagon wheels? Wagon wheels are good. Yeah, the wagon wheels The thing really is, good. Tim Tams were so much better than the wagon wheels, it like knocked them down a, yes. a peg for me. That was rough. <laughs> it was like, because they're very comparable items, right? Like these like kind of sandwich cookies or whatever. I think I would go with the... Uh, uh, the cherry? The cherry ripe. Cherry ripe. I liked car- I liked the caramello thing too. I mean, but that it felt like something I could get ninety five percent of and around here. I've just I don't know if they have Tim Tams in America. I'm gonna start buying them. But uh, legit though, I would go with the uh, the curry hot sauce number three. Probably. Ooh, now curry hot sauce, good it. choice. That was, was really, really good. Really good. It was good. I, I want to have that with some chicken. Very excited to enjoy more of that. Um, and with something that you actually enjoy it with. I enjoy <laughs> it with more hot sauce. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, so now, okay, wait, we can read the notes. You guys want to see the notes? All right, we can read the notes and, and talk about it next week. It's, uh, let's see, Milo. So you mix it with milk, hot or cold. You can mix it with water with two if that's your thing. <laughs> um, I love how he left broth straight okay. off. Good job. So the coconut chili sauce is, uh, is locally made. He likes it on steak and chicken thighs. You can use it salad for salad Ooh. dressing, too. Um, so he said that the twisties, he, part of the reason he put them in there is he thought they'd be airbags for the box. <laughs> which is funny good choice um, but they, apparently Australians when they're abroad get homesick for them I think you could eat a Cheeto and get like nah it's different it's way too different um, Tim Tams are the Australian legend um, bite the opposite corners off and use it to drink coffee tea or milk this is called a Tim Tam Slam oh what I cannot wait <laughs> <laughs> I got Tim Tam home oh you, uh, could, you could drink your Milo through it <laughs> Okay, uh, chicken salt, use it on french fries with malt vinegar. There's no substitute to it. Uh, chicken salt also goes great on popcorn. Uh, oh, I bet. I uh, bet. And he said, he said, but uh, best on fries with malt vinegar. That sounds really good, actually. Um, I'll have to do that next time I have fish and chips. That the seems like a good uh, shapes, small oven-baked biscuits. What's the best flavor of shapes? Interested to hear your thoughts. I I like pizza the best, but I, they're... I all kind of felt, as Kevin said, the, <clears throat> the chicken-flavored uh, was was just there like it it was like what'd you say kevin it had i, I said i felt like the crimpy really yeah had. it had a crimpy flavor <laughs> which the crimpy really came through yeah no i i i the crimpy was good maybe i do like the crimpy the best. you're kind of talking three, me into crimpy i would say that these three are all inoffensive like if i were if i was nine and they showed up in my school lunchbox i'd say. be like yeah i'm pretty sure i'm gonna these are gonna be in my lunchbox for yeah, the next I week yeah i don't care for goldfish at all and these trump goldfish for yeah me. all right Fair enough. All right, for for Eric, for Kevin, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks.